Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown. I am your EVP monitoring host, Gary, here to entertain and inform you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and ghost hunting. I am joined by my spirit box of a co-host and wife, Goldie Ann. <laughs> but today, we have the privilege of being joined by members of Feeling Paranormal, a husband and wife team of paranormal investigators. Their use of the scientific methods and high-tech equipment bring them to many of the most haunted locations of Central Florida and beyond. Tiffany operates a repurposed book arts Etsy shop when she isn't off into the middle of the night attempting to contact haunting spirits. Ryan has been involved with the paranormal since childhood when he realized he could see and understand what others could not. He now works as a design consultant for a remodeling company when he's not on an investigations in the middle of the night. So I think it's time to open the attic doors within the mist and welcome Feeling Paranormal to the show. Hey guys. Hello. Hi. Hello, thanks for having us. Yes. No, it's great. I'm glad that you guys could make it. Um, I have so many questions to ask you, but I did have one that I wanted to especially ask for you, Tiffany. Okay. Due to your expertise with ghosts, what is a ghost's favorite makeup to wear? Oh, oh man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I noticed this one of your say? jokes. I, I get it that it sounds like you? Ryan is the expert here. Go ahead, Ryan. You said concealer. I said concealer. Uh, That's concealer good. was good, but I was looking for mascara. Oh, oh dang it. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. They love dad jokes. Yes. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, we've gotten to hang out with you on some of your investigations before, but uh, no. there were so many more questions I wanted to ask you. Like, in the beginning, how did you guys get interested in the field of paranormal investigations? Well, uh, for me, it's uh, kind of like what I said in the beginning. Um, very, very early on in life, um, I kind of had a realization that I could, I could see or understand things that um, not everybody else would see. So I don't see ghosts in the, in the particular way of um, it directly in the room. I kind of get it more in a, almost like a photograph in my head uh, is, is how it appears to me more often than not. And uh, I guess I'll say um, where some parents will say, you know, that's your imaginary friend or no, you don't really see those kinds of things. My mom was great in the fact that she actually kind of uh, instilled it within me and, and would kind of push it a little bit more and, and say, okay, well, you know, what else do you feel? What else do you see? And it runs in her lineage as well. So that's, so it's always been there. Um, for me, I, I, the paranormal and getting into ghost hunting and, and doing these investigations, I always kind of joke around. Uh, for, for me, it's actually just kind of trying to prove myself that I'm not crazy. So by using these uh, different, you know, your, your K2s and, and all the different equipment that we do, it just helps me kind of put a, a scientific edge to a, a sense that I have. So um, that, that was the big part for me. So you started having these kind of uh, experiences as a young child. You never considered it frightening at that time? <laughs> I, I guess maybe I'll say for me, I was lucky enough. It happened early enough that it just kind of was a thing. You know, um, I think if it would have hit me when I was a teenager, it might've struck me completely different by then. I would have seen enough movies that I would have, uh, <laughs> I might've looked at it a little differently, but, um, and then I also, I do remember going to my mom and saying, Hey, I I've seen this little boy in our house. And she'd say, well, I have too. What did, you know, what did you see? What, you know, what did you experience? And so, that uh, that that kind of takes the edge away, I guess I'll say. Wow, that's awesome. And for you, Tiffany, how did you get started? Well, I'm totally on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> that a hundred percent, I would see stuff in the traditional sense, like I would see apparitions um, frequently. Actually, when I was little, I can remember uh, 
being on the bus when I was in kindergarten and we would always go past this one house every afternoon on the way home from school. And almost every day in one of the top windows, there would be a little girl up in the window with like a nightgown on and a bonnet and she would be holding a candle. And I would see her almost every day. And I was so afraid to see her because I was like, okay, I don't think anybody else sees her. I don't know what's going on. And then one day I realized there was another girl that was staring at the same spot. And she goes to me, you see her too, don't you? And then we would look for her every day. But um, it scared me to death because my parents never talked about it. Not at all. Come to find out now that I'm adult, my dad has a ridiculously large amount of ghost stories. And I literally did not know any of them until this past year. Um, and I was basically terrified of ghosts and, and everything um, until about four years ago. And then I decided, because um, I have anxiety and it kind of helps me with that, um, that it didn't have to be as scary as I was making it. And why was I making it so scary. Why don't I look at it more as um, a way to learn things and to conquer my own anxiety? And I just kind of went head on into it and just kept going. And it is not scary anymore, except if you try to spend the night at a jail and then it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, that. then, it didn't make so it. then you guys came together and created feeling paranormal. Is that correct? Yep. 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 And how long has that been running? Um, it has been a official incorporated business for um about a year and a half, but we were doing it before that. But we've technically got our um like a business license in the state of Florida and um our insurance about a year and a half ago. But we were doing it for about another yeah, two year, years yeah, before that as years. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So what was your first official investigation then? <clears throat> it was the Opera House. Would have been the Opera House, yep. yeah. Um, it's oh. now called the Heard Opera House, but it was the um, Arcadia Opera House. Mm -hmm. And, and how did that come about? Um, well, we I was actually looking online um, for other people that were um, doing like group investigations and stuff like that. So we could kind of go with a bunch of people. And I came across a group that was hosting a, a group investigation there. And it was like 20 bucks a person. And I was like, Hey, let's go to this. And now I love the opera house yeah. and we're really good friends with the owner, Danny and his wife. And right now it's in construction, uh, from the hurricane, but we are planning, some big things there that I can't oh. quite say what's going to be going on yet, but it's going to be exciting. Yep. Wow, that's so the great. Great. Yes. Nice. And you guys are obviously invited to come to that Yay. when I announce it as Absolutely. well. <laughs> and, and it may be so more than anyway. one thing. So yeah. we're working on it with them. Yeah. I'm yes. glad to hear that. Yeah. So how do you choose your locations? Um. Well, I've she was very I'll, I'll give you all the credit to this completely because she's been very <laughs> diligent not only researching I'd say spots within the within about a three hour radius of where we are and then just simply reaching out. Um, <clears throat> sometimes you get a yes, sometimes you get a no, sometimes it's you know no answer whatsoever. And then as we've kind of had an opportunity to work with a few of like Sarasota County and Manatee County and, mm -hmm. and um, that's opened up a few more, uh, a few more ends for us as well. But in the beginning, it's, I mean, it's kind of like anything else. It's almost just knocking on doors and hoping they just say yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how many emails you sent out, but it had to be hundreds. A lot. It before, was a lot you know, of emails. And, and finally got a few people to just say, yeah, sure. Let's, you know, let, let's do it. Sounds great. And we've built some pretty amazing relationships with, uh, with some of the places around here mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it's great. And, and now we're starting to <clears throat> get 
some calls and emails back from places that we've been and they'll be like, oh, well, can you look at this other building mm -hmm. that we have as well? Um, and a lot of it, uh, it would be like places um, that I've been to since I've lived here, because I've been here since I was about four, that I would be like, well, you know, I used to go to just like we went to the Tatum house. Uh, I was like, I would go there on field trips with the kids. And I'm like, hmm, something feels a little bit funky here. And like we did the um, the Edson Keith mansion and the farmhouse recently. And that's another place where um, when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I went to a wedding there and there was a little boy there that I kept seeing repeatedly throughout the night. And um, I kept asking and asking, who's the little boy? Who's the little boy? And they would go, honey, the only other kid here than you is the flower girl. <laughs> so nice. Yep. And we got to investigate there. And mm -hmm. it uh, certainly does seem like there may be a little boy that is there. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, we. Uh... We had a great experience there, and oh, yeah. uh, at the end of the investigation, when the the curator was back in, uh, I I was asking a few questions. I was like, so, you know, because I, I, I want to go into an area completely blind. I I, I want to research the heck the, out of it and the, know everybody's everything. The <laughs> less I can know, the better off I feel about it. So that way, I can go in and any any feelings or anything that I I get aren't persuaded i guess by pictures or whatnot so but we got to the end and i said um the the the, the younger boy that lived here used to love to play hide and seek and i'm guessing played hide and seek with one of the maids that was here and spent a lot of time up in the attic and um I'm, i said so i described him as blonde hair kind of long a little bit curly blue eyes and you know wore this <laughs> kind of and she and she like she just continued to get a little more a little more pale and her, her jaw just a little further down and she's like yes that would be exactly right so awesome. yeah know, but, and I hadn't told him yeah, any so, of that but, I keep it to myself I have my notebook where yeah. I have all my names and all my stuff written down yeah. but yeah you're the planner and I, I am and I'm just the I'm just the kind of go at it and call you know <laughs> and and see see how it see how it goes but well, I'm glad you brought up the farmhouse because I wanted to ask you, um, what is the difference between uh, locations of buildings versus farmhouses versus cemeteries? Do you find uh, the hauntings different from these different types of structures? That's a very interesting question. I, I, I would say with a, with a cemetery, you're going to get a lot of different I guess I'll say a lot of different entities, uh, a mix of feelings and, and probably a little more of what I want to say, like a residual, uh, more so than you would at, uh, at certain locations where if it was a, a factory or a home or a farmhouse where, um, you know, people spent a lot of their time, a lot of their time there where, um, I really kind of feel like that's, that's the main difference is you're going to get a little more intelligent uh, responses when it was someone's home for a, for a very long period of time. Not to say that you won't in a, in a cemetery by any means. Um, and it also <laughs> <Yeah>. depends um, <laughs> Sorry. a lot on, on the, on the, on the person themselves, you know, that they're uh, if, if their want and drive and desire is to really kind of build their, their craft in order to be able to get a hold of you and, um, and get your attention, then I don't think it matters where you are because um, mm -hmm. that's their drive and desire. They have something they want to tell you and they're going to, and who knows? I mean, some of the cemeteries around here, these people, these people have been there for a hundred years, you know, so they've had a hundred years to kind of sit back and think and develop their way of, Hey, there's someone here. And I, I think they're looking for me. So, yeah. Hey, I'm right here and I'm going to come across, you know, through one of your devices or try and touch you or whatever it may be to get your attention. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if you get someone like someone like that, then I don't think it matters where you are, but, uh, you're more, you're more likely, I think, to get a, a response that's directed to the location when it's not a cemetery. Um, cemetery, you have so many different people and not only that, but you have other people who visited there and, you know, it's a, it's a hotbed of energy and emotion uh, yeah. all the way through and through. So, sure. 
but at a, at a house or a, a, a business or whatever, chances are it's, it's that same, you know, we'll say Mr. Jones worked there for 35 years. You know, he's, he's got some time and, and energy invested in that place. Same thing with a, with a home. I had a, I had a great experience up in Illinois when I was living up there and wanting to, um, I wanted to buy a home and, uh, uh, we were, we were looking in a historic district and I walked into, uh, I walked into this house and immediately got this just overwhelming pressure. And, uh, I took about two steps in and I looked at the realtor and I said, we're not buying this house. Uh, we can go ahead and go on to the next one. And she said, well, what, what is it? And I said, well, the husband passed probably about, I'm going to say 10 to 12 years ago. Uh, he is here. He is in the basement. This is his home. It has always been his home. His wife still lives here. Um, he wants no one to buy this home. And I am surely not going to be the person that does. And so you can come across those things where it is just overwhelmingly, uh, obvious uh i won't say you know sometimes sometimes the tv shows do a great job of exaggerating and sometimes i don't think they do at all so but in that case he was he was absolutely going to make it very aware that was his home that was his family's home you aren't family please move on so there's a perception that it's where a person dies that becomes the haunted location you don't find that that to be always true correct absolutely not no no no. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, um, a haunting can be caused by numerous things. It doesn't have to be a tragedy or a death or anything like that at all. Um, it can be anywhere where there's any type of an intense emotion, um, connection or connection. Yeah. Um, and like, um, theaters is a place where you find a lot of hauntings because, you know, the actors are putting everything they have into the character that they're being and people are laughing people are crying people you know or if it's like a concert hall and you know everybody's jumping up and down and excited and they're just pouring their energy into that place um you know or I mean just places that would have a lot of energy going on or um a lot of military places um sure. will have some type of a haunting as well because there's just so much feeling and emotion attached to the area or maybe even their their items that they had with them so but certainly you know deaths can obviously cause it as well because you know it could be an intense emotion if uh somebody passed away suddenly or whatever but there's a lot of things that can cause it and again, these are, you know, for the, it, it's pretty much our hypothesis on a lot of this, you know, unfortunately, by the time we'll actually know the right answer, then we're on the other side of the EVP. Yeah. You know, so we've, got, <laughs> we, we've got to try and uh, maybe give a better, give a better answer back. But, uh, you know, that that's the other part that I really, I really truly enjoy about the paranormal uh, and actually getting out and doing, doing these a hunt is is you do get this information back and it is a little bit open for interpretation Mm -hmm. so um yeah that that that's kind of that's kind of neat uh, to me is just seeing that and and getting a getting other people really to uh to a chance to experience that as well Mm -hmm. i like that so yeah, you were talking about giving other people uh, the opportunity to experience that. When you're trying to set up these hunts and you're you're asking the locations, do you find resistance or do you find a lot of openness? You know, do people are people willing to admit that their place is haunted, or do you think they want to try and hush it up? Well, yes and yes, yes and yes. <laughs> um, we have come across a lot of places that said basically. We have stuff here, but we're not going to acknowledge it. And we don't really want to put it out there. Like I literally had an email response one time that said, out of respect for those who may still be here, we would like to not explore this option because we wouldn't want to upset any of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you 
pretty much just said, yes, mm -hmm. it's here, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. Yeah. And then there's some other places where, uh, like the Tatum house and Dixie was just like, yeah, there is something special about this place. I, you know, she would say, you know, I just know it. She's a scientist. So she wants, you know, hard evidence that you can see. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, she said to us, yeah, absolutely. We want you here. Also, it depends on what time of year you ask them because people who don't really want to talk much about it, if you start asking them in the beginning of September, if you can come in in October, they're going to be like, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've noticed that a lot of bed and breakfasts or hotel type places, they're the ones that have the experiences, but a lot of times they don't want to admit to it because right. they don't want to scare away customers. So oh, absolutely, yep. yeah, yep. yep. I mean, <laughs> there's still definitely a uh, a taboo about it, you know, where uh, certain people obviously are going to be very excited to hear, "Oh my gosh, um, you know, there's a haunted bed and breakfast that we can go to. That'd be great." Other people are going to be like, "Yeah, absolutely I wanted to go not. there. Absolutely not. I, no. you know, I want nothing to do with that." And of course, as a business owner, you know, they, I, you have to respect that. So. You know, but uh, yeah, there, but definitely we, and you had yeah. a, um, there is actually one, um, I, I won't name it, um, but the previous owners very much advertised it as a haunted bed and breakfast and the new owner um, now wants nothing to do with it, does not believe in paranormal at all. And but said, you know, um, if you wanted to come in, yeah, yeah, I guess you could do that if you wanted to, you know, rent out some of the rooms. Yeah. And if you wanted to come down into my area, I guess you could too. I don't think you'll find anything. <laughs> but I mean, it has this long, <laughs> it has a long list of history to it. <laughs> I know when we are going out and we're going to stay at a bed and breakfast, that's kind of like Goldie Ann's first question. Is it haunted? <laughs> She specifically looks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll drop you a message later and tell you which one it is, because I <laughs> want to get some people together to go to that one. But they were very but apprehensive in the beginning. They were. When we first reached out to them, uh, it, it was pretty much a flat no, mm -hmm. not, not going to happen. And then about a month and a half later, they reached back out. And, and that's when they said, well, we might entertain you yeah. know, if you were... We're going to rent out uh, a few of the rooms. I suppose we could let some. So I kind of want to know on the back end, you know, yeah. anytime you get a, an immediate 180 like that, okay, something what happened. happened? And now, he's, yeah. now he's like, okay, I, I want to know my, for myself. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, man. All right. Now, Tiffany, you mentioned earlier that you do all the research beforehand. Um, how do you go about researching? I mean, do you go to libraries? Is this an internet type thing? I figure it'd be kind of hard to uh, investigate hauntings. Um, it, it is, but um, I actually asked that very question to Miss Amy Bruni from Kindred Spirits when I had the chance to meet her earlier this year um, about how she does her investigating. Um, and she said, hire a team of people and then they just do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she does a lot sure. of her own investigating. Um, the easiest way to do it, and I have had great results with this, is if you go to um, like the county property appraiser and you get the names of the people who have owned it. Mm -hmm. Then you take the specific names and you start doing internet searches about the specific people, not just the house, not just the area. And then you start pulling up more and more information using their specific names and the family names and going back and just researching each name, then you start finding so much stuff. It's, it's actually, it's unreal. And I, I hadn't thought about it in that way because I was researching from the point of like, oh, okay, well, what's the history, you know, of this building? And that's not necessarily going to give you the family history, you know? So that, that makes a big difference. Um, 
but you got to go pretty far back. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple websites. Um, I think it's floridamemory.com that has a lot of historical documentation and um, photos and just kind of records and whatnot. And you can find some really good stuff on there too. Okay. So then you have all of this in your, you know, little magic notebook and then uh, Ryan goes in there, you know, cold. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? You guys compare notes afterwards to see what matches? Well, I'll usually walk in and after he's been there for about 10 minutes, I'll be like, so what are you feeling? Yeah. What are you feeling? What, what do you think is going on here? Or there, where do you feel? Or something? she's still talking to the curator and I've walked on, I've wandered off. Yep. Um, a lot of times. Uh, yeah. And, and that probably doesn't always look great, but um, <laughs> I'll get to a location and we'll start talking and, and then I've got a, I'll get pulled in a certain direction. And I just need to go uh, figure out what exactly it is that's that's trying to grab my attention or, you know, and take a little bit of time with that. And then usually by by the end of the night, I, we've we've had a chance to kind of compare, OK, this is you know, this is the notes of who was here and this mm-hmm. is kind of what I'm feeling and, and what I believe we what we've uncovered. And a lot of times it does match up. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's a little different. Um, you know, Arcadia Opera House oh, is, always, yeah. is always the interesting one for me because there's one room that the minute we go in, um, I'm immediately pulled back into this back left room. Um, I'll take my, uh, I'll take our, the, our portal in there and my name gets pulled up several times. Oh, and constantly through the it, spirit box. Ryan, Ryan, yeah, Ryan, yeah, where's Ryan? Don't yeah, go, yeah, Ryan. Yeah. I'm like, oh and my so, gosh. And so it, it and I, I'd say I've probably gotten about three or four different people um in that room but uh yeah so i i I can't always say that it's always going to match up because uh, yeah spirits roam is is one thing so you may be at a house that is uh is is well known um you know like where where we just were Mm -hmm. and uh not only from that standpoint but there were a lot of artifacts in that house that weren't particularly uh from that home. And then, uh, there was a lot of history in that area. So it's not real uncommon to, uh, to have maybe something that happened just a little ways away from you all of a sudden appear at that home. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're a, you're an antenna or a beacon of light. And the other thing is, and as you got a chance to see, we do, we do bring a few different, uh, devices with us that all, that are all powered up and ready to go. And of course, if you're, uh, <laughs> if you're a spirit trying to grab in energy to, to talk to someone, well, we got to be really lit up in the middle of the night compared to, you know, compared to a lot of the spots around there. So, um, you, you're going to, you're going to possibly bring in some things from outside that area as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So. Well, mean, I'm glad like, you brought up about your equipment because yeah. yeah, we did get a firsthand experience at the uh, boxes upon boxes of yes. equipment that yes. you bring yes. in your investigation. At, at the May Stringer house. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of equipment do you feel works the best on these type of paranormal investigations? Well, <laughs> I'll let you run and then yes. I'll go. Yeah. My most favorite thing in the world, as you know, is the Estes method or the the spirit box experiment, as some people call it. Um, And that is literally just a spirit box. Um, And you plug your headphones into it, like some real good noise canceling headphones and close your eyes or, or, you know, wear a blindfold, sleeping mask, whatever. Yep. Sensory deprivation. And then somebody else asks questions and then you sometimes will hear things coming through the spirit box and um, you uh, uh, that's listening to the spirit box, you don't hear or see anything that's going on outside. Um, And so I think that that's one of the coolest experiments. And it is so weird to go back later and listen to the evidence uh, or watch the video of it and be like, oh my gosh, you know, that didn't make sense. Because as you're saying it, you're like, there's no way this makes sense. But just like when we were at the Tatum house and you guys were there and we we're asking questions, I'm listening to that back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Um, so yeah, so um, headphones, 
Spirit Box and uh, Blindfold. That's my favorite. And then everybody- Okay. Um, just real quick, for those who aren't familiar, um, yes. what, can you give a brief description of or how what a Spirit Box is and how it works? Yes. Okay. So a Spirit Box is basically like... It sounds like a broken radio. It's a tiny little um, box and you will turn it on and you can turn it on to AM or FM. And then you can basically scan through stations and you can adjust it to go really fast um, forwards or backwards. And um, basically what you're listening for is things that don't sound like music <laughs> or a radio ad um and I think with doing the Estes method with the headphones and um not being able to see I think that adds more validity to it because you cannot see what's going on and you can't hear what's going on so anything that you are saying you're just hearing that and you're saying it out. Um, so it's not it's not as easy to maybe misconstrue what's coming through because maybe you're you're looking for that answer to come through. You know, if you're saying, you know, oh, who is here? And you hear something and you just you're automatically looking for a name. So if you hear something that sounds like part of a name, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, that was a name, you know. Um, so that would be like. Um, that would be audio pareidolia, which is basically where um, your brain is trying to make sense of something that it didn't really understand. And it's filling in the gaps to make it something that's familiar to you. Like um, regular pareidolia would be like if you are looking up at the clouds and you see a cloud and you're like, oh my gosh, that cloud looks just like a T-Rex. Well, you know, that's your interpretation of it. That's what you're seeing. Or like um, when you're looking at a slab of wood and you're like, oh, wow, that looks like a, a, a smiling face right there. It looks like two eyes and a mouth. Well, you know, it's not, but that's what your brain is perceiving it as because that's what you know, that's what's familiar to you. So using the headphones and everything, I think that takes a lot of that away. Um and so it, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, well, it's also a lot more interesting when you come out of it. Yes. Oh, you're hundred yeah. uh, percent on your own. And then when it's time to bring you back, yeah, you, you have some very intense okay. reactions. That's for everybody else in the room. That yeah. moment right there. Yeah. You know, the, when I jump and scream. Yes. Yeah. I just scream bloody murder every, at the top of my lungs. It is every time. Everybody does. Yeah, it's just what happens. Yeah. Uh, your reaction is a little bit more tame. I'm just full on screaming and jumping, yeah, but, you know. Now, what other equipment do you think, you know, best suits uh, your investigations? Uh, a lot of it really kind of comes down to the area you're in too. That's why mm -hmm. we have so many different pieces of equipment. Obviously any type of a motion sensor is always a good, is always good. You know, something that you can fix that and, uh, you know, so if it goes off and there was no one there, well, then something broke that, you know, something broke that light stream or something. And so those are always good. EMF, uh, which, you know, your, or your K2, where, um, like when we were out at Tatum House, uh, K2 is measuring for electro, you know, electric frequencies. And there's not an ounce of electrical wiring in that house. So if that's showing up, then Something's th that, that's an anomaly for sure, you know, because <laughs> there's no, ch you can't be like, oh, well, they've got old wiring when they have no wiring. Um, right. So uh, things like that are, are, are great. The REM pods are, are good. We've kind of tried to phase into REM pods that don't make a really loud, shrill noise because you don't know when these people were alive. And so something that lights up or something that um, has a very shrill noise may sound like a, an alarm or something that is absolutely scary to them and, and they're done, they're out, mm -hmm. you know? So, which is also kind of a reason like when we were there, when you were there with us, we always announce, okay, these are what these devices are. They're not here to hurt you. 
uh, you can see us, we can't see you. This help this helps us know that you're that you're here with us. Okay. And, uh, so Ryan, yes, uh, can you please uh, describe for our audience who may not know uh, what a REM pod is? Sure, a REM pod is kind of another. Uh, it creates its own like a little electromagnetic field around it. And so what happens is it's almost like uh, like like kind of like an electric fence. So if you get within that area, it lights up and will let you know something's there. The closer it gets to that antenna that's in the middle, the brighter the lights get and it will kind of emit a, a sound, a beep, whatever it may be. And so the whole idea is that you can use that for like a, a yes or no, or hey, if someone's here, there's this, you know, there's this device on the, on the floor, it has a little light. If you get near it, a couple more lights will light up. And then that's a great way to determine um, an intelligent haunting as well, because if they are responding, then now you know kind of what you're dealing with. Um, and again, at Tatum House, when we were all there and it was in the cookhouse, um, obviously we had a, a REM pod go off multiple, multiple, multiple times. And the idea behind that just got to be where it, it was more residual. We started paying attention to the fact that it was um, so often and it didn't matter what we said. And then it also seemed to be time related. So that would have been when all that was happening would have been very close to what would have been a, a dinner time or a prep time. So it made sense that, um, that what we're dealing with is a residual, someone that came in there and, and did their cooking and whatnot at that same time on a very regular basis. So, um, there's a lot of different devices out there. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you kind of, once you start posting things about paranormal and using different equipment, you can quickly determine what's accepted and what's not. Uh, SLS cameras are a great one, um, where it's the camera that uses the Xbox, uh, monitor and shows the little stick figure people. Um, you can have some great results with that, but you can also have a lot of false positives. And there's a lot of stuff out there where people are like, oh my God, look at this. Well, if you happen to use it by a window or a ladder, or if you're by a sliding glass door and, and it picks up that middle frame, um, it's you can have a ton a of stuff positive. really give you a false positive. Mm -hmm. We have a, a video that we've talked about doing and uh, we haven't done it yet. And it was basically just going to use an SLS camera and go around and make kind of light of that um, mm -hmm. and just say, oh, it's the slider ghost and the ladder, you know, because literally there are a lot of people that unfortunately don't do their due diligence or, or research some of the devices. And they, I mean, they're, they're dead sure they've got something. And then um, they post it on YouTube or they post it on something else and they literally get bashed, um, yeah. you know, which is, is, we'll call it a learning experience, That's but also it's just, um, it's not something you want to do because you're like, oh my God, I had this great experience. And, uh, and then you find out you didn't. Uh, mm -hmm. We did one, it was at a cemetery and I didn't quite pick it up, but it was a, uh, there was a tombstone that was just out of field of vision through the infrared. So I couldn't see it on the screen, but it was there. And so I was getting this um, kind of a small figure that looked like maybe a child. And I, I, was, I was super excited. And then I, and then later on we got, I took a couple steps forward and it showed up and then I stepped back and then someone was like, uh, no, that's a tombstone. Yes. Yeah. There was no one there. But so. why it was registering it as a person is because it has the rounded top, mm -hmm. which looks like shoulders. Yeah. So it's trying to find things that have a human like shape to it. Correct. Yeah. So that's why it will pick up on something like that. Or um, like he was saying, the sliding glass door, like you have the straight yeah. piece in the middle and, you know, it's seeing that as possibly a body because yeah. you were straight in the middle. That's. Yeah how you are there there's a lot of really uh, there's a lot of tools out there um and, and a lot of them have uh, you know cat balls the the you know the mm. little light up it's, i love it, the cat it, balls. it's just such a such a simple device but it's basically just picking up the most minute vibration 
Um, we have another device, EDI. Um, it'll, it'll measure barometric pressure and humidity changes, temperature changes, vibration. Um, so it's really kind of, I, I think as this game evolves a little bit, not game, but uh, they're trying to find more scientific tools mm -hmm. that every, no one can, uh, it makes it, it makes it harder to just say, you're not out there with a, you know, dowsing rods or something like that. And, oh, well, like they crossed. Okay. Well, your hands moved in, you know, and so it, more not necessarily a dog and pony show but where you actually can get very scientific with it and that's that's really what i've uh that's where i dive in heavy yeah is trying to find those kinds of pieces of equipment and um really trying to see how we can retrofit that into to what we do and and give us a a truer answer i guess mm -hmm. and it's great that you're able to do that so by combining your you know, personal feelings or abilities, adding in with the scientific equipment, what has been your most shocking discovery or location? Oh, oh gosh, there's our house. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was a good one. Um, oh yeah. We definitely knew, you know, um, <laughs> we knew that the, the house that we live in, it was, the husband built it for her. It, yeah, it's, it's for her his wife. Home. Right. Yep. And and she did die there. And yeah. She is definitely still there. Yep. Um, her name is Jen. Yep. And so we've gotten a lot well, of uh, Virginia. Yeah. We actually, I I mean the the portal, which is basically just taking a, a spirit box or a SB seven, like what we mm -hmm. use for the essays method, and it um, takes all of the static out, so all you hear is words. Uh, most of that has always been tested at at our house. And so the garage is a great place to test it. And uh, inevitably we'll get responses there. Um, mm -hmm. One of my best SLS was, <laughs> oh my God. was there. Um, but yeah, so again, it just kind of confirmed a few things that we already already felt were there. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that, was, uh, that, that, was, a, that was an interesting one. Um, and yeah, a lot of our equipment, actually when we first get it, it gets tested right there at our own home. So yeah, we, it does. So, but again, um, part of it's residual with a little bit of intelligent, but, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, so. But I will say <clears throat> when we do test the equipment, we make sure always to say when we're done with it, okay, mm -hmm. if you were already here, you may stay. If you are somebody or something that is passing through or has just chosen to come in, we're done now and, and you have to go. This is not where you stay. You know, yeah. we're, we're very, very adamant about that. Um, sure. But also very adamant about um, talking to them like they're people. Um, like when we go into places and, and you were there, you know, uh, where we all um, introduce ourselves. We all say who we are. And then we say, you know, why we're there and that we would like to interact with somebody. And, you know, it is always, it's, it's their choice, whether they want to. So I'm really big on being very respectful. Um, I try to get names and, and I'll literally say, could you please tell me your name? Because I want to make sure I'm properly addressing who I'm speaking with, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's always really important to me. Yeah. Well, has any of the investigations taken a darker turn or a more frightening turn? <laughs> um, when we did the Gilcrest jail, uh, we had decided that, um, and by we, I, I, may, I mainly mean me, uh, that we were going to stay the night there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say for the, for the most part during the investigation, it was pretty flat. We didn't have... And by flat, I mean, we just didn't have a lot of responses. Um, we weren't picking up much on motion cameras. We weren't really getting much of a response through the portal or the SB7s, not much on monitor. Um, Until on, we on, reviewed the evidence, yeah, there were EVPs. There were some, but, <laughs> but the main thing that, was, uh, that got really fun for that night was uh, when not we finally fun. decided to go, all right, it's time, we're going to lay down, we're going we're gonna to go to sleep. Um, we kicked the lights off. We had the air mattresses up or, you know, everybody's Mark was there with us as well. And we had laid down and, and we're all kind of trying to get ready. And 
that whole place lit up. It did so, not go well for um, me. <laughs> what we did is we had one room. It was kind of the officer's room. So we stayed there and I was like, all right, to make you feel a little better, I'm going to set a motion detector here and a music box here. And Bad so idea. If, so if anything potentially is coming towards us, we'll, we'll get an, we'll get an alert. Mm-hmm. And then we also mm-hmm. had a, um, it, it's kind of funny. We, it, um, we, we downloaded a, um, it, it's basically a sleep talking app. Um, which sounds so hilarious, but it works well in this because it will pick up EVPs that you don't really hear. Um, so we had that going and uh, it took, I'd say about a half hour for us to really kind of try and relax and go to sleep. And I did not relax at all. It, <laughs> the whole room just lit up and, and it was less than an hour and you'd had enough. I and- Yeah, the motion sensors were literally going off every couple minutes yeah it it, it, it took, and it i was like no for, this it, is not okay this is not okay <laughs> it took a turn for the worst i that, literally so. at about an hour i was like i can't i can't do this anymore and i literally went out and i stayed in the car <laughs> the rest of the night oh i did which was actually about another hour and a half. And yeah. Then, and then and then we called quits on everything because it didn't stop just when she left. So. Yeah. No. And um, and I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Yeah. And I was like, guys, this is not okay. You know, I, I have like, I'm like, okay, you know, we're here to talk to you. Yes. Interact with us. But while I'm trying to sleep, no, that is, that is, that is not the time. That is also the deal that I have at my house. I tell them you know, you can be here. That's fine. There is one rule. You don't bother me while I'm sleeping. Yeah. And, uh, that's just, that's it. That's, that is my rule. Do not bother me while I'm sleeping. We had an Estes method at the, um, Arcadia Opera House, where oh. I got somebody a little, a little more mischievous or a little darker, and yeah. you were asking questions, and towards uh, I got pulled out of it in a in a very similar way, where you you jump because obviously you don't know anybody's there, and all of a sudden something touches you, but uh, they were definitely getting a little. Um, interesting dark. The, 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 yeah it was uh I'm, it was getting dark. I'm behind you I'm here to get you yeah you know, oh yeah situation. yeah and I was so, asking the questions and, and um so and you said nope that's enough yeah we're, we're done with this mm-hmm. conversation broke mm-hmm. it and, and you know touched my shoulder to let me know yeah because it we ended it yeah but, it literally said um you know I was asking questions and um he said I'm right behind you and I said okay well what are you doing and it said, I'm taking you. And I said, nope, that's it. Yeah. We're done. This Gosh. session is over. We are no longer talking. It is not okay for you to say that. Yeah. It is not okay for you to take me. You are not welcome to touch me. Yeah. You are not welcome to follow me. You know, you got to you gotta stay on your ground sometimes. But, but I would say, you know, 99.9% of the time, your interaction with anything is, is, not, uh, is not menacing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I guess perturbs me the most is you see all these ghost shows and everything's a demon. Everything's a demon. It's not a demon. It's not. You know that that's just no. not, that's not how it works. Not everything's a poltergeist. Not every time you go on one of these is a coffee cup going to fly at your head. You know, a lot of the times it's just a it's just. Well, I mean, you got a chance to see it. You know, it's it's just simple responses, things that you kind of uh, um, just you can't quite explain, but it's really mm-hmm. cool that you just got a chance to witness it. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of it, you, you're probably going to come away with a half a dozen things that you sit back and you go, I can't believe I just saw that, you mm-hmm. know, but it, at no point in time really is the experience menacing or, are, you know, are they out to get you? Um, yeah, so, not, not in our experience. Um, like and, I said, there's been a couple know. times that you, you, you know, you kind of protect yourself a little bit on that. Yep. And just like you said, you, you stop Shut the interaction. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. So in your opinion, and both yes. of you, why do you think that ghosts exist? Why are they still on this plane of reality? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Can I open up a can of worms? No. Well, no, no, yes. no, no, no. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> well, I have a really interesting take on this, actually. Okay. okay so. If somebody asked me once, they said, well, 
you're a Christian. How can you say that there's all these ghosts and there's these spirits and there's all this stuff going on? And I said, well, you know, that is a really interesting question. But first of all, I'd like to ask you, you know, um, angels are kind of something you don't see, but a lot of people have guardian angel stories. That's okay. You know, um, you know, they, they will refer to God as the Holy ghost. I'm like, Oh, you literally just said ghost. Um, and then, I mean, I had someone say, well, you know, that would be terrible if, uh, you know, that somebody was just left here and they're stuck here on, on earth. You know, it's, it says, you know, God's not going to leave people. And I said, well, what about this? Yeah, it might say that, but what if you get the chance to say, actually, I want to stay here for whatever reason it may be, you know, if you want to stay here to check in on your family or you want to watch over your house because you have so much joy um, and even pride in something that you made and put your whole life into. And who's to say that God doesn't say, yeah, you can do that. Or maybe there could be something like, hey, let's make a deal of, okay, you're allowed to go down and check on everybody you know, twice a month. Who knows? Because stuff isn't always active. It's not, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes there's a rhyme and reason to it. Sometimes there's not. So that's, that's one of my ideas. Um, Go. (laughs) That's my feel. (laughs) Yeah. I would say she covered a lot of it for me as well. I think, I think a lot of it really comes down to, um, people either a aren't necessarily ready to give up what they had going on here uh I, you know i think there's also a, a tragedy aspect um someone who dies in a in a car wreck that was completely un, unsuspected they they may not even really understand you know mm-hmm. that that they die they're still there and they're just confused um then i do believe that there are people who um, have a, have a tie to an area. And, mm-hmm. and that was the, you know, the, possibly the most important thing to them and uh, other people are tied to family, um, whatever it may be. So, uh, again, I kind of fall back on my comment much earlier. I, I don't think we'll ever really know the answer, but when mm-hmm. we do, we're on the other side of the EVP and hopefully right. maybe, maybe one of us will remember well enough and, and, and give a better <laughs> answer. Hey, this is why we do it. You know, but until then, you know, I guess that's, yeah. that's kind of the cool mystery of it all is it's a tough one to solve just because, you know, once you do have the answer, you're already there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, it does, it does make it very, very interesting from that standpoint. So, but yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's kind of always been it for me. I like those answers. Yeah. Well, speaking of mysteries, I'm sure you, yes. you know, you've heard of very many, you've probably investigated a lot. Do you have a dream location of some place you want to investigate? If you could pick any place in the world, where would you like to investigate? Go ahead. I think Tiffany wants this one. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> I go mean, the, the one for me, I, and it's, I don't know, it's somewhat paranormal, but it, it's also cryptid, is um, I've always been unbelievably intrigued by Mothman. And with, yes. I, I, there, there's more to it that, you know, it, it, that one falls on both for me. So without a doubt, I would love to go there, be able to do some, you know, an investigation there at the bridge and, and, and see what come, what comes up. So that's just, I don't know that that's the story that always sticks out in my head. So, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people who do uh, ghost hunts and things like that, or paranormal investigations out into the TNT area. So I yeah. can, yeah, I can definitely see your attraction to that. Yeah. Yeah. Winchester Mansion. Yes. yes. Oh, for those who may so not know, bad. Yeah, for those so who may badly. not know, the Winchester Mystery House was uh, built by the widow of the Winchester yep. Rifle Fortune. Yep. And part of it was that she felt that she had to evade a curse of all the people who were killed by the Winchester Rifle by continuously and nonstop building on the house. Yes. To appease them. So Tiffany, yeah. why do you find an interest in this? 
Oh my gosh. I think there is just so much intrigue and mystery there. And even if you didn't get anything, just being able to go there and exploring it and seeing if you can find anything, it's just, it ha- I don't know. It's just an amazing draw for me. <laughs> and that, that is literally my number one. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, we did an episode on the Winchester Mystery House. And one of the stories that I liked about it is that during this time, Houdini was going around and disproving a lot of hoaxes and so forth. And the story was, is that he went, he, you know, toured the seance room Mm -hmm. and he never said anything about it afterwards. He refused to make any statements about it. So there was one location that he didn't even try and debunk. So I can see why you would that like that. Great. That is yeah. great. I, I, and I also, I just love the old uh, spiritualism movement stories with the Fox sisters and the table tipping and the seances. Yeah. I won't do a seance. I won't do it. There's a yeah. couple things that I won't do. Um, and that's one of them, but I absolutely just love the history and the stories behind it. Um, and listening to podcasts and books and anything I can find on it. So I guess there's one well, other place I would mention, and it's just because my family and I, we used to take trips out there all the time. And uh, now that I sit back and actually think about it, I would love to go there is the, uh, the castle on Jekyll Island in, jo- in Jekyll Island, Georgia. Oh, so um, we used to live on uh, uh, Amelia Island out on Fernandina beach mm-hmm. and we would take frequent trips over and stay out on uh um, and, and stay out there. So out on Jekyll and I, I have a lot of memories of seeing things kind of off over in that area. Uh, when I was, I was young, I would have been in kindergarten, first grade. So, um, it'd be interesting to be able to go back there and maybe kind of snoop around the yards with the, <laughs> with, yeah. some, with some equipment and do that. But yeah, like, I, don't know if, I don't even know if there's there. a whole lot, a whole lot that even has, uh, ha- has to do with that. I don't know if it's really even been I have no idea. investigated that much, but uh, I just remember just kind of sitting back, going through everything in my, in my head. I do, I do remember a lot of interesting events back out there. Okay. That's cool. Well, um, you do all of your investigations, then you do all of your research afterwards, putting things together. Where can people uh, find your investigations or find the results from your uh, tours well, investigations? Um, we do have a Facebook page, um, which is Feeling Paranormal, uh, P-H-E-L-A-N for those of you uh, who need the spelling of it. And then we do also have a YouTube channel under the same name. Um, And I personally go over all the evidence every once in a while. Goldie actually helps me with listening to some of it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I edit them into videos. Um, I have a lot of them that I'm working on right now. We have a lot going on with hurricane repairs still. Um, So there, there will be um, an influx of them, but it's probably going to be around mid-January, but we do have about 40 videos yeah. up on there right now that everybody can go take a look at. Um, a lot of them are short, sweet, and to the point. That's how I like to do them. Yeah. That's just, here it is, watch it. It's really cool and it's done. They're, you know, Somewhere between like two and five minutes, usually. Uh, The big build up videos or anything like that. There's a couple, (laughs) there's a couple that are a little bit longer, but. Well, I will be sure to post links to both the Facebook page and the YouTube channel on our show notes. So those of you who want to actually see some of these experiences, I recommend you check it out. And subscribe. Definitely yes, and subscribe. And in some of the videos, you can see Gary too. And you'll be hearing Goldie Ann in one of the Estes Method videos that I'm putting together from our Tatum House oh, investigation nice. right now. <laughs> well, great. Yeah. What about the, the Gary and Leave? What's yeah. that? The Gary Leave. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, through the Necrophonic yes. at the Tatum House. 
um, and you listen to it too. Uh, I swear it says, and it says a lot of things, but it says Gary. And then a couple minutes later, it goes, Gary, leave. <laughs> I'm not welcomed anywhere. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, well, this has been great. I'll be lucky enough to have my name come through a spirit box or something. Yeah. They never say my name. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Uh, yeah. Is there any final words that you would like to have our audience know? No, I think we've covered a yeah. lot of things. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you for having us on here. Absolutely. Oh, no, this was great. And uh, we look forward to having you back because yes. I'm pretty sure, for I mean, sure. looking through my notes, I, any of these locations probably would have warranted a whole episode in and of itself. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. We could tell you stories of the Opera House yes. for sure. Yeah. Well, then we will definitely have yeah. to set that up. Awesome. Sounds wonderful. Yep. Well, being sure to remind the ghosts that it's time for them to go home and that is do not wake us up in the middle of the night. I think it's time for us to make our exit from within the mist. We would like to thank Tiffany and Ryan of Feeling Paranormal for being our guests today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and our interview and we'll check out their YouTube channels and Facebook page. But until then, listen closely for the voices in the shadows and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.